Welcome to Creation Radio and TV. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, the president and founder of Creation Training Initiative, where we train others how to speak and teach on biblical creation and how to defend their faith in God's Word. Well, we are very fortunate today. We've got three of our guests back from last session. Um, and I'd like to introduce each one. We have uh, said, said, and what team do you play for? Uh, I play running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Vinny, how about yourself? Linebacker, Cincinnati. And you're the one that likes to tackle people. Yes, sir. Okay. And Ryan? Wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals. So we have three Cincinnati Bengals professional football players with us again. And last week we went through some of their testimonies, what colleges they went through, and how they became a believer. And this session we're going to have even more challenges for them, such as uh, said, um, as, or all three of you, as a professional football player, what kind of pressures do you undergo? It could be workout pressures, it could be um, people wanting to meet you, or just people watching you that you don't know are watching you. So, Seth, how do you, how do you, what kind of pressures do you feel you're under? Um, I think, you know, just um, in the locker room, I always, you know, tell people like going into the locker room is like, like Babylon. You have this influx, the, all of these different ideas. You have people that come from every walk of life, different places, went to different colleges and so on and so forth. And it's just an influx of different ideas, different cultures people are from. People believe different things about God is who God is. Some people don't believe in God. So we really have just a just like a smorgasbord, I guess, of of different things going on in there. And I just it's like Babylon walking in, in there. Um, sometimes it's not the godliest of places to be in. Um, one thing that I really really struggle with a lot of the times is just the music that's played in the locker room. Mm -hmm. um, and you, we just hear it on a daily basis. And, you know, sometimes I find myself like repeating the same lyrics, you know, not obscene things, of course, but um, just some of the, the lyrics. And I just find those things just kind of in like embedding themselves in my heart. And I really don't, I don't like that. Um, so that's just one of the, the struggles that and I, I think uh, Ryan and Vinny would uh, concur with that. Okay. I, I agree with you on the music. I've actually been in some churches. If you close your eyes in the church, you don't know whether you're in a bar or you're in a church. The music is very different, uh, very little difference in the types of music. Vinny, how about you? What are some of the pressures you feel you're under being a professional football player? Well, the number one pressure um, for myself personally is my heart motive um, as to why I want to be a, a great player. I want to be a great player. Um, every time I step out there on Sunday, on Wednesday for practice, Thursday for practice, I want to be the best. Um, but I, I learned to check my, my heart motives more. I, I never, I never really did. I always thought it was all just pure motives. I just want to be, want to be a great player, but it's, it's all about the why. Um, and the reason I want to, I should want to be great should all be to glorify God so other people can see me. Um, glorifying, um, glorifying my father, but um, that's one of my one of my big things is my heart, and um, also is I want to be a light to others. So mm -hmm. I always everything I I do, I want people to look at me and maybe see Christ. Um, so I want people to to because people know I'm a Christian in the locker room. So I want. Everything I do, everything I say, even on the football field, to be glorifying to God. So people could say, 
Oh, well, Vinny's a Christian. Man, that the Christians must be cool because Vinny, what Vinny's doing, I like that. I, that was that was um that was an honorable thing he did. So I want to give a good name to Christ for everything I do because um, he, the only reason that I'm a Christian is because someone someone has told me through words or through their actions. So I want to follow suit and do the same thing. Well, I guarantee you that when you sack that quarterback, he probably doesn't think about your Christian walk, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I shook his hand after the game. Yeah, good for you. I appreciate that. Uh, I think that's a great testimony, but just going up and, uh, and yes, you're in, in, a, in a form of combat during, during the game. To, it's a struggle for win and lose. But after the game, you're still friends, aren't you? I think that's a great testimony as part of your Christian walk that even though people knock you down, and that's part of their job because uh, they're trying to win and lose, but after the game, it's, it's a friendship thing. In other words, it's a camaraderie that you folks have that other people really will never, ever experience out there in a football field. And it's hard to say that we can judge you because you're out there knocking people down and running over people, but they haven't walked in your shoes. And we have the same question. As you sitting in a pew in a church today, do you really have a Christian walk? Do you really profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And do you believe his word from the very beginning to the very end? See, I've got three gentlemen here that found a church that teaches that, and that's why they're going to that church. And I appreciate that very much. Um, also, I had, one thing that I had struggled with all year was um, <clears throat> after games, when we won, um, we'll say congratulate guys on the other team and um, on the 50-yard line, it's a, it's a thing that happens every single Sunday. You, um, guys will stay out there and pray after the game. And someone will lead, lead the prayer. And after every win, I go out there, hold hands, pray, give guys handshakes. Hey, good game, man. Get them next week. And however, whenever we would lose, I didn't want to stay out there and pray. And I remember one time specifically that um, I had even told said I believe I told Ryan, um, I said, uh, I know that I was I should have stayed out there. Win or lose, I should stay out there. And I didn't. And I did not stay out. I did not want to be out there shaking their hand. And um, I was convicted of that, really convicted. And um, since then, win or lose, I decided to stay out there and um, and pray with the other team, even though that they had just finished uh, whipping us. What a great what a great story and testimony there. Winning isn't everything, but it is nice to win, isn't it? Very <laughs> it nice. kind of makes you feel a little bit better. And there's nothing wrong with winning, is there? There really isn't anything wrong with winning. Somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. So, and, it, and it is great to win. I've experienced some of those, and I've experienced a number of losses, too, in athletics. <laughs> but you learn to live with both. And, and as a Christian, we congratulate. If we lose, we congratulate the winner. Let's, not, let's find joy in their happiness also. So great testimony there. Um, Ryan, how about some of your, your pressures? What kind of pressures do you feel under? I, uh, I certainly agree with what Cedric and Vinny said, and um, I see the same things or I have felt the same things that they do. But one thing that I want to talk about is I think a lot of people who haven't experienced what it's like to play professional football have a perception um, of the NFL that, you know, it's all fun. You get to do what you love doing. You go out and play on Sundays. You make a lot of money. Everything is good, but they don't not everybody knows the ins and outs of it and what goes on behind it. I was drafted in the sixth round, um, 
but being a draft pick doesn't mean that you're going to make the team. So I remember my rookie year going through training camp. Each week I had gotten hurt. I missed two weeks, so I wasn't out there being able to practice and, and show what I could do. So I was limiting my, my chances in my sight and worrying, am I going to make the team? You know, Where am I going to be this year? Am I going to have a job where I'm going to be with 31 of 31 other teams? And God sustained me, and I made the team. And then... You know, each year I kept thinking, well, next year will probably be different. I'll, I'll play more and I'll establish myself more. But so far in three years, it's been the exact same thing every year. And coming out of college, I probably didn't envision it like that. You know, I, I guess if I would have thought where I would be, I would be, you know, starting or hoping for a new contract or something. But in my experience as a believer the last few years, um, I've probably had more more trials than before. But God's greatest desire uh, is to conform us to Christ, and he uses anything to do that. And so there are a lot of pressures in football because there's not a lot of job security. You, um, based on your performance or even based on something out of your control, what the team or the organization decides to do, you could be without a job at any point. You could come in after a game and be gone the next day, and we see that a lot. And so there are a lot of um, pressures, I think, that, that we deal with on a daily basis um, not knowing what's going to happen with our job, but but God's really used it in my life to to learn more about who He is, to trust that He is sovereign and and He is um, in complete control over over my life and my career and all aspects of it. And I've been reading a book called Trusting God, even when life hurts. By I think it's by Jerry Bridges, and um, God's been using it to grow me, knowing that. And God is perfect in love, and He is infinitely wise, and He is sovereign. And so because of who God is, I can trust Him with the things like my future in football. And I still worry about it, and I still struggle with it, but, but I've, seen, um, I've seen growth, and it gives me hope knowing that, um, that my hope is in, is in Him and not in myself. And you got a, a, a top-notch supporter now, now that you're married, and uh, she's always there with you in the hard times and the good times. That, that's a good thing. You have a wife that will be with you on, on those. And, and soon you'll have one too, said, won't you? Yeah, and in a couple of months. A couple of months yeah. you'll be married, and, and, and maybe sometime in the future. Yes. Okay, <laughs> we just get a yes. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing I wanted to, to say really uh, quick is Ryan just... Ryan, I think Ryan spoke for all of us in saying that that God uses all of these pressures, all of these difficulties that we face going to work each and every day to conform us to the, the image of Christ. And that's that's the only image that I can think of that's that's good. Mm -hmm. The image of Christ um, in his heart and his mm -hmm. character. Like we I think we all desire that type of character, that humility, that submission um, to God and so on and so forth. And so. We're really thankful that even though football isn't easy for us, playing in the NFL isn't easy all the time, like God is on the throne and mm -hmm. he is doing a work in us and he is perfecting us day by day. So we're thankful for that. Yeah. Well, that would be a hard life to live to know I'm going to have a job after this season or am I going to be traded somewhere and have to pick up everything and move? That's that's be a hard life to type of live. See, all people see is you on the football field with your helmets on. They don't see what goes on underneath, and that's a, that's something I'm really proud of all three of you for uh, mentioning who you are in Jesus Christ, and that's who you're following. In other words, there's something more than after foot than just football. 
In other words, what do you plan to do after football? Do you have any plans? Like said, what, what do you plan to do? Um, well, that's, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Hopefully not for another 10 years, right? I don't know if I even want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, um, I feel like maybe one day I'll be in full-time ministry somewhere. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm called to be a pastor, um, but, you know, I, I like sharing the gospel. I like evangelism, and, you know, I pray for boldness to be able to go out, you know, on the, the streets and, you know, pass out tracts and do different things like that. I'm not the most outgoing person, but, uh, yeah, some type of full-time ministry maybe. Maybe we'll be working close together on that. Have you teaching about creation <laughs> and the creator. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, Vinny, how about you? Uh, what do you plan to do after football, maybe 10, 15 years? Okay. Um, well, I love education. Mm -hmm. I love learning something. Um, I love to learn and then tell somebody else about what I just learned. Uh, since the age of 11, I've been a tutor in my community, in my church. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I want to be in education somewhere, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a principal, and whether it's even educating people in football as a coach. Coach mm -hmm. is an educator as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been helped so much in my life um, through um, different services, different programs, whether it was an after-school program um, or summer school programs. And even getting into college, being able to take advantage of having different tutors and um, go to different uh, focus groups or what have you it's helped me so much that i want to tell other people about uh, inform other people about these um, services and these opportunities that are open um, that a lot of people j just don't know about mm -hmm. um, because they haven't heard so i just want to tell people and and um, educate others from what i know so that means Excellent. i need to learn even more so i can tell them even more well, I'll tell you, even at my ripe old age, we still continue to learn. I never stop learning. And, and Ryan, what, do you have any plans for after uh, football? I don't have any plans yet. It's something that, as Cedric mentioned, I've started to think about. I'd like to play football um, for a lot longer if I can. Um, one thing that I'm passionate about that I like to tell people, I'm, I'm passionate about training, lifting, running, football specific, mm -hmm. um, so I could see myself, I don't know if it would be my job or just a hobby that I did on the side, but training younger athletes, coaching them, mentoring them, being able to do some combination of those things, I could see myself doing. Excellent. Now, now, Vinny, you had mentioned you went to Duke University. You took some religion classes there. Could you, could you describe what happened there? Well, um, it was my first semester at Duke, so I, I'm getting there. Um, trying to play, make it on the team. We weren't a winning team at the time. And um, all the while, um, I'm taking four classes as well. So um, my entire schedule is really blocked off. And one of those classes was a religion class. In, it was in the Divinity School, and it was a New Testament. And it was focused on the synoptic gospel. It was called synoptic gospels. So I remember taking the course and I'm sitting in the class and um, professor, he has like a, a British accent. He's talking. I'm like, okay, okay. And then he says he's an, like he's an atheist. And it just kind of threw me off. I didn't understand like why would 
why would he be teaching the course? It didn't make too much sense to me. But um, I ended up getting a pretty good grade in the, in the class. But um, I his his perspective um, really clashed with my perspective. And um, thankfully, I was grounded in the word. And it, I could hear what he had to say. And then I had, um, there was a, a guy on the team, on the, on the Duke football team, who was a year older than me. I, I went to him. And he sent me to another guy um, who he learned from, and I'll be and I'll say, well, this is what he told me. This is what the Bible says. What do you, what do you say about this? What do you know? And he he informed me on some more things, and I understood that okay, the professor had his view on this. However, I didn't believe what he believed. Now you gave a, a, a very real scenario there. Here we have a religion class, and supposedly. Christian university, but we have an atheist teaching the religion class. What a danger we have when we send our, our youth off to these universities, secular universities, how we lose so many of them. And there's also a danger in many Christian universities where we actually have professors not teaching the true word of God, but giving man's wisdom over God's word. And this specifically happens in the creation area where they've brought in all these worldly teachings rather than to trust the plain reading of God's word. And we lose many of our youth because of this. You were fortunate you had somebody you could go to that would tell you the truth rather than believing what that professor was up there talking about. I said you had some religion classes in college too, or at least one. <laughs> But preface it, you, you were not necessarily saved then, were you? No, so it was a little bit different perspective. Uh, I took Old Testament. I actually ended up dropping the course, um, like sort of halfway through. And then I, I, I took New Testament as well um, later on. Um, really don't remember much from the classes, though, so I can't really give any you know, specific details. But, um, yeah, like you, you were saying, it's... It's really crazy all the teachings that that are going on, even coming from our, you know, so-called Christian universities. So, there is a, a real attack on God's word going on today. Right. How about I, yourself? I'd like. I didn't take any religion classes, but I'd like to probably a good share thing. about a course. <laughs> yes, because Stanford is a very secular university, and I think that most of the religion classes are taught by atheists or agnostics, probably. But I took a course called Alpine Archaeology by a world-renowned professor named uh, Patrick Hunt and um, it's quite an anomaly because he's actually a Christian and he, he's done he's been in National Geographic and a lot of stuff and all over the world and this class focused on he followed Hannibal's trail through the Alps as he was going to Rome and um, it was just it was really neat to see somebody who studies science and studies archaeology and has been a Christian for his whole life and and to him say that in everything he's studied, nothing has disproved God. You know, it is, it has only done the uh, opposite. It has proved more what he believes. Um, and so that was really cool. It was the only Christian professor um, that I had, and it was in a science field. What an opportunity to have a, a professor like him that was would stand on the Word of God, even probably all the adversary and, and comments he got from other professors for doing so. Mm -hmm. Because I've been to some of these universities where there's one Christian professor there, and they come under a lot of attack, a lot of attack, and uh, so we have a problem. So we, we need to make sure before we send our, our youth off to some of these universities, do they really teach the Word of God? 
or are they just doing it in name? They're called a Christian university or called a Christian and teaching whatever they want to teach. So that's, well, that's one of the reasons we're losing so many of our youth because they're not being taught the Word of God. And so thankful that God can bring somebody into our lives at some point in time that will tell us the truth. Now, you each described in the last session how you came to know the Lord. Uh, uh, after you got that, what difference did it make in how you acted and how did you follow through with, with that? When you really made that profession, you knew for sure that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior in Him alone. Uh, why don't we start over there with Ryan. Uh, put you on the hot seat first. Yes, I remember, uh, as I had mentioned, being very convicted of sin. And so I, when God changed my desires, I didn't love the things that I once loved. And I remember it being very hard, especially with some of the people that I used to hang out with. Um, did I still hang out with them? You know, would I, would I go to a party and, and just not do the things that I did and really wrestling with that? But God um, did a few things. He put other believers in my life. Um, I, I remember praying, and a few months later, there were a lot of people. I had a lot of new friends. There were people that I had known before, but I didn't really love them. Um, I wasn't a Christian, and, and then I had this newfound love and bond with other brothers in Christ, and that really helped me grow. Um, also, just my own personal time studying God's Word, spending time in the Bible every day, and spending time in prayer with God helped me grow. Um, Shelly and I, when we when we began dating and having us be able to go through things together, um, talk about spiritual issues, um, pray, go to church together, um, really helped me grow. And there were a lot of things that God used because I think discipleship is very important. I met with a man uh, named Jim Stump who mentors student athletes at Stanford. He's been doing it for over 40 years and we met on a weekly basis um, and he sort of discipled me um, and mentored me in the faith. So I'm thankful that God put a lot of different people, resources, things in my life um, that helped me grow and has continued that here in Cincinnati with brothers like Sed and Vinny and um, the body of Christ at Hyde Park and other things. Mm-hmm. Vinny, how, what, what change happened in your life after you knew for sure that you were saved and you wanted to live for Jesus Christ? Did it make any changes for you? Um, <coughs> there were uh, one big change that I, that I do remember is being patient with people. Um, because me realizing that I have a father in heaven who's very pa- who was and is very patient with me, and um, understanding what it, what exactly went on when Jesus Christ went on the cross and um, what went on in his life, the more I learned about that, the more I started to be patient with others. And I saw other people in a different light. And um, I believe it made me love, love others more. I um, actually care about what they're going mm-hmm. through. Um, That's a sign of a good educator. You mentioned you want to go into education. That is part of being a great educator. Have an empathy and feeling for the other person. So you may be a born educator there. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> And said, uh, you, you'd mentioned that uh, you found this church, uh, Hyde Park Baptist Church, uh, but uh, I don't know when that came in your life, but uh, what changed in your life? Uh, what any follow through after you knew for sure you were saved? Yeah, I just, I just remember before I became a Christian, I, I really didn't want to be bothered with uh, 
like extra Christian stuff, like <laughs> like uh, meeting up with brothers or you mm -hmm. know, so on and so forth. And when uh, God did a work in my heart, I began to have this love, this desire to be around other believers, other other Christians, um, just like like Ryan had said, and you know began to pray that God would put you know these people in my mm -hmm. life, and, and He did, and I'm thankful mm -hmm. for that. And I had just a hunger for God's word. I really wanted to know what was this, what is the Bible? What is the Bible central message? What is it talking mm -hmm. about? You know, I grew up, I've heard thousands and thousands of sermons, but never could really grasp what was this central idea of the Bible. And uh, so I just began to listen to sermons and read books. A uh, 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 preacher that I really, you know, started listening to was Paul Washer mm -hmm. um, and listened to him a lot and really was able to, you know, I started to understand by God's grace, by the Holy Spirit, what, what the Bible is talking about, the, the central message, uh, Jesus Christ, um, and his work on the cross for us, uh, bearing our sins on the cross, taking God's wrath upon himself, him dying, um, him buried, resurrected, um, and uh, ascended after 40 days and um, seated by I'm at the right hand of his father. And so I heard this glorious, this great message. And it captivated me um, for the first time, you know, in my life. Uh, Jesus began to look glorious and beautiful um, to, to me. And I think that's continued. Now, I've heard you speak, Sid, and uh, your, your reputation is, is there. That every time you go out and speak, no matter where it is, you give the full gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter what the situation, you give the full gospel. Yeah, that, that's something that I always try to do. Um, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the people. Well, first and foremost, to God when I'm not telling people about what he's done, mm -hmm. um, about his work, and then a disservice to, to the people who may or may not know. Um, it really doesn't matter if they know or, or don't know. Whether mm -hmm. you're a believer, you can benefit from hearing the gospel. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, definitely if you're an unbeliever and God does a work in your heart and allows you to believe and mm -hmm. gives you repentance. And so that's just something that I aim at and, and that I try to do. Okay, we're going to bring this to a close here real soon. And I just got two final questions. The one you can all answer here. How do you feel after Wednesday's workout during the week? Sore. <laughs> Sore. <laughs> that's one of your Tired. hardest days, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you, it's a long day. It's a long day, and you feel pretty sore. A lot of people never experience what you go through. It, it's not all glory at all, is it? Uh, you go out and say, I'm a professional football player, and people, wow. But they have no clue what you're going through during the week to get to that stage. The price that you have to pay in order to do what you're doing is immense. Now, final question. And you just give me a short answer. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Vinny. We haven't started with you yet. We'll, we'll start there. So the, the end part, you don't know where I'm going to go next. I like that. Element of surprise here. If you had one piece of advice to give to somebody who's growing up and uh, either in athletics or uh, the Word of God, what kind of advice would you give them? One piece of advice. I know you probably have a lot, but that, I'm putting you on the spot here. Maybe, maybe they want to grow up and be a professional football player. What piece of advice would you give them there? One, and I'm glad you're asking me this because <laughs> one thing I tell, um, I tell every uh, student that I, that I go to, when I go to a school, I tell every student, um, the one thing that's most important is humility. To know that, 
to believe that you don't have all the answers, to believe that you haven't seen the best athlete, um, the best athletes out there, and you need to continue to get better. Mm -hmm. Some people don't truly believe that. Mm -hmm. And um, believing that will always drive you to continue to work harder and harder. So um, believing you don't have all the answers in athletics or in academics, that will always help you because you will always be searching for an academic advisor, a guidance counselor, uh, someone who knows the work a little bit better than you, or um, a coach, or um, a senior who's a little who's accomplished a lot more. You'll always be searching to learn from him um, or her. However, a lot of people just think that they already have arrived and already have made it. Mm -hmm. And um, I wish to, I hope to convince everyone to be humble. You know, that's a very good concept because our creator, Jesus Christ, humbled himself so much to become like us and be nailed on a cross all the way to death. What a humility thing he had to go through. He created everything and led his own creation, nail him to a cross. Wow, what a great example there. Uh, Ryan, we'll go with you. Speaking about sports, um, hard work. It's something you can always control how hard you're working, and talent alone is only going to get you so far. Mm -hmm. um, my dad used to always tell me if, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. And, and spiritually speaking and to other all, all aspects of your life, um, put your hope in Christ because football or any sport or any vocation that you have is only going to last so long, and the things of this world are passing away, and He is eternal. Great advice there. Wow. And Sid, uh, wrap it up here. Um, I would just say real quick, just pursue God's will for your life. And it might not be God, in God's will for, it's not even God's will for everyone to be a professional football player, obviously. Mm -hmm. So pursue God's will for your life through prayer and reading his word and counsel from other godly people of God. Well, I want to thank you so much for all three of you uh, telling the people out there what it's really like to be a football player. And you're more than just football players. You're, you're human beings, you have feelings, and you have a love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, which lasts for eternity, where everything else is going to go away. Well, I have a special gift for you. It may not be much, but um, it's one of our latest DVDs we came out with. And it kind of, the, the name kind of hits right, Armies and Nurseries. And since all three of you go to the same church, uh, Hyde Park Baptist Church, this, this video is about the state of the church in America today. And it doesn't look very good, and some of you have experienced some of that. So I want to thank every one of you for being part of this session, and God bless you. If these lessons had been a blessing to you, you might consider financially supporting the Ministry of Creation Training Initiative. You can do this by going to our website, creationtraining.org. Again, that's creationtraining.org. Your tax-deductible donation of just $20, $50 or more a month, or a one-time gift of any amount will make you an education partner in building an army of Christian educators who can teach the biblical account of creation and train others to be able to defend their faith and be biblically faithful to God's word as it states in 1 Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Thank you.